0: Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
1: And Father, we do thank you for the privilege of preaching your gospel. I'm humbled by the divine privilege. Thank you, Lord. Who am I to stand so many years and decades to dispense the gospel? I'm just amazed still that you would use me uh, in spite of myself. Uh, Thank you for this blessed privilege. Let those who have ears to hear hear what the Spirit of God has to say. We pray against satanic distractions. We pray that we stay tuned, attuned and focused to what you would have us to know in the spirit of the living God, in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Have your Bibles, if you'd be so kind enough to turn with us to the book of Acts, chapter four, verse 31. We've been dealing with uh, the church and uh, the various uh, purposes of the church and uh, We started with with the inauguration of the church, the birth of the church, the characteristics of the church, the fundamentals of the church. We've been doing all of these things because uh, as people come in, people need to have an idea of what the church is all about and what does God require of his church. After all, uh, he shed his blood for the church of which he is the great head. If you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, verse 31, we will label with this text, and we'll also be referencing a number of other texts for our learning and personal edification to the glory of God. The scripture says in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach a message entitled, The Power of a Praying Church. The Power of a Praying Church. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness, the power of a praying church. What are the purposes of the church? Number one, the purpose of the church, according to Acts 2.42, is to pray. The purpose of the church, one of the components of the church, uh, is, is to pray. Acts 2.42 says... And they continued steadfastly. You need to underline that. It's good when you can bring your Bible and use your pen and highlighter and underline. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. They were steadfast in teaching of the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ and fellowship, of which the Greek word is koinonia. It means to have in common. It is. It means to partnership In the breaking of bread, they ate house-to-house fellowship meals, and it also references the taking of the Lord's Supper, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, break the scripture down also says, and in prayers. The, The early church was a praying church, a praying church. So, the purpose of the church is to pray, Jesus himself said in Matthew uh, chapter 21, verse 13, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You know, we we see church facilities down 1604 and all over over the places, but how how often do you hear uh, someone says, that is a beautiful house of prayer. That's a house of prayer. Uh, That's a wonderful description of the church. I see a house of prayer over there, we—that's we, foreign. We, but, but, but the church is to be a house of prayer. Uh, we, we ought to engage in prayer in the Lord's house. Uh, the church is to be a place that teaches prayer, practices prayer, promotes prayer, prioritizes prayer. I'm amazed that in many of our churches today, there is so little emphasis put on prayer, especially in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. If what we're witnessing uh, in, the, in this time in which we live doesn't move us to pray, then what will? If the coronavirus doesn't move us to pray, the, 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 the racial unrest doesn't move us to pray, uh, the tearing down of, of statues and burning down buildings and all these things doesn't move us to pray, I just wonder What will move you to pray? Sadly, in many churches, prayer is not priority. They focus on concerts, other churches. Nothing wrong with these things, but that's not the focus of the church. Many focus on drama presentation. Uh, Churches are filled and replete with entertainment, social events, amenities, sports, traditions, technology, sensationalism. Many churches focus on self-help and feel-good messages where people just come out with some kind of fuzzy feelings. Uh, Some churches rather uh, focus on politics. Uh, If you're waiting to hear a message on politics here, uh, you're not going to do that. That will polarize the church. I like preaching Jesus because the church will not be transformed through politics. The church will be transformed through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Do I have a witness out there? Beloved, prayer is essential and must be priority to have a Uh, well-balanced, to have a strong, well-balanced church, prayer must be essential. Not only is prayer essential, the church is essential. The church is essential. Uh, Many things are open. Uh, H-E-B store is open. Uh, Costco is open. Uh, You have schools are wrestling with opening and all these kinds of things. You have beauty shops and barber shops are open. Uh, I believe we ought to have a place where a sinner can knock on the door and be able to come in. Now I don't believe we ought to take the, uh, uh, to make light of the virus, and all it is real. We ought to take it seriously, and all of that. But if we can follow protocol everywhere else, then we can follow it in the Lord's church. Prayer is essential. You, you saw in, uh, in, in in the worship experience today that we opened up with prayer. You, you saw. Praying before uh, the offering uh, was received, you had a chance to pray on your knees before God. That's what's going to actually fundamentally change America uh, for the better. Is is the saints getting on their knees and crying out to God? You, we had that experiencing that experience here. You heard me pray before I preach. You're going to hear praying before the benediction. Prayer and the word are to be uh, woven through the fabric of the worship experience in order to have a healthy, well-balanced church. Now, when some people, some people, uh, saints look for a church, uh, they say, I want a church with good music. I want a church with good contemporary music. Oh, I got to find a church with traditional music. I like the old hymns of the faith. Oh, I have to have a church with a dynamic youth uh, ministry for the children. Oh, I want a church with good parking lot because I, I don't want nobody to scratch my door. Uh, and On and on and on it goes. Oh, I want a church with a coffee bar. I got to have my Starbucks. The church must have a coffee bar. If you don't have a coffee bar, why? 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 No coffee bar. No Starbucks. When is the last time he said, I'm looking for a church that knows how to pray. I'm looking for a praying church. I'm looking for a church that's serious about praying to the glory of almighty God. What is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is talking and communing with God with reverence and humility. Prayer is talking and communing with God with prayer and humility. God requires that we pray and seek his face. Believers ought to pray about everything. There's nothing too big we ought not be praying for, and there's nothing too small. God is concerned about the big and the small, being confident that God hears and he answers prayer. You won't know if God answers prayer or not if you're not praying. (laughs) Through prayer, God's children speak to him Through prayer, God's children call upon him. Through prayer, God's children cry out to him. I love that old song, that I I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. Long as I
0: live
1: and trouble rise, I will hasten. To his throne. I like that other old song that said, I need the Lord to guide me every day as I travel along this narrow way. Though affliction oppress my soul, I'm determined to reach my goal. I've got to have Jesus, for I just can't make it. By myself. Y'all, y'all hanging with me? And, I, and then it goes on. Every day I pray, pray, pray every day. I got to have Jesus for I just can't make it by myself. No, 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 no. Every second, every minute, every hour. Every day, every week, every month, through the years, come what may, I've got to have Jesus for I just can't make it by myself. And when we pray, we are acknowledging that we cannot make it by ourselves. Do I have a witness out there? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.
0: to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues.
1: Notice in Acts 4.31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. (laughs) And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. My friends, right there in that text, in this verse, the early church gave priority to prayer when they assembled together. Now, many churches assemble together, but there's a deficiency of prayer. The church's prayers were so powerful as I reiterate the church 's prayers were so powerful that not only were they filled with the Holy Spirit but God shook the whole house because of their prayers. In other words, their prayers brought God such delight that God was such so moved by the prayers of of the believing uh, church in Jerusalem until it, it was if allowing me to use my sanctified imagination it is as if God got happy and started patting his feet. And when he pat his feet, the whole church begins to tremble as if there were some kind of an earthquake. I wonder if we were on our knees praying just a moment ago, if God and this whole house started shaking, I believe you start praying and just run out of here, an earthquake, <laughs> earthquake, <laughs> The prayers of the saints so moved God that he shook the house. He shook the house. My friend, what makes prayer so powerful is that it defeats Satan's devilish agenda against believers. Prayer defeats Satan's devilish agenda against believers. Satan has a devilish, damnable, evil, no good Agenda against you, your children, your posterity, mamas, daddies, grandchildren, family, in-laws, friends. Satan is your enemy. He's not your friend. Now, if you've got some people who don't even believe there is a devil, and he, al- he already has them duped and deceived. The devil is real as this old bald-headed black man is standing here. As real as I am standing here, the devil is real. And you better not be playing, in his camp, playing with him. And to play with Satan is to have one foot in God's camp and another foot in Satan's camp. No, no, no. God doesn't want you to have your foot in both camps. You got to choose you this day whom you going to serve. Right. You, you can't worship God and Satan at the same time. No, you can't can't worship God in here and then go out and smoke marijuana. Uh, (laughs) You can't worship God in here and then go out and buy a lottery ticket. Uh, I thought you're supposed to trust God. Some folk have thousands of dollars on lottery tickets and don't even tithe and struggle to give to the Lord's church. You can't can't worship God and, and then go out there and gossip and be of bad character, and so forth. Satan has a devilish agenda. He hates you, and he desires to steal, kill, and to destroy you. With that being said, I pose a question, a soul-searching question. How effective is your prayer life? Now, I'm I'm still trying to get there. my, My prayer life is still growing. I'm the first to say, even as pastor of this church, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived. Now, now somebody tell me, you know what, pastor? My prayer life is, can't get any better than what it is. I'm as strong as I can be in my prayer life, and there's nothing else God can do with me when it comes to prayer because it's just right before God. I'm going to kneel down before the throne for, I, and intercede for you. <laughs> because I believe you have a good dose of pride and you need to be humble. <laughs> I believe all of us have some room to grow in our prayer life. If, if, if y'all got room to grow in your prayer life, let me see your hands. How many of you fallen short? All, all of us, man, we all in this together. We all need to fall under conviction. And the early, the, the, the early when you start early on in life, the better your life will be because you prayed. Because God will direct your path, who you should marry, what school you should go to, uh, which way you should go, and all all these decisions you have to make. It's not too early to pray. Teaching your children how to pray as early as possible is the best thing you can do in all of life. Well, with that being said, what prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? What prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? prayer life. If you want to pray with power, like the early church did, then there's some things you have to get rid of, and there's some things you have to knowledge. What prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? A, a deficient prayer life, a deficient prayer life. If your prayer life is deficient, then you can't pray powerfully. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18a also says praying always. Underline praying always. In other words, we're always to pray about everything with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. The spirit of God will tell you how to pray even when you don't know what to pray. The spirit of God will intercede on your behalf. Listen, my friend, living in a spirit of prayer keeps your prayer life from being ineffective. Did you get that? Living in a spirit of prayer keeps your prayer life from being ineffective. Uh, living in the spirit of prayer, praying in your thoughts, praying verbally, praying quietly, uh, praying as you come, praying as you go, living in the spirit of prayer. When you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will move you to pray uh, as he leads you and guide you in the activities of life, you will be able to pray your way through those things. Uh, B, uh, what prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? An inability to integrate the word of God in your prayers. An inability to integrate the word of God in your prayers. Colossians chapter three, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. When you are rich, when you, uh, in, in the Word of God, your 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 life, your mind, your inner being is saturated with the Word of God, therein lies wisdom. The Word of God uh, endows you with wisdom to live life wisely in a wicked world filled with satanic booby traps. The word, when the Word of God dwells in you richly. When your life is rich with the Word of God, there will be a natural outflow of integration of Scripture in your prayers. Did you get that? When your life is rich with the Word of God, there will be a natural outflow of integration of Scripture in your prayers. The most powerful thing you can do is pray the Word of God. Now, you cannot pray the Word of God if you do not know the Word of God. And if you want to know the Word of God, you've got to pick up the book and read the Word of God. You have to meditate on the Word of God. You've got to chew the Word of God. You have to internalize the Word of God. You have to implement the Word of God. And when you're in it that much, when you pray the Word of God, will naturally, you, you'll start praying the Word the Word, and, and, and the Word will just naturally be an outflow of your prayer life because you're so much in the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, C, uh, what prevents believers from possessing a powerful prayer life? Unconfessed sins in the lives of believers prevent them from possessing a powerful prayer life. Unconfessed sins in the lives of believers prevent them from from possessing a powerful prayer life. I love that passage in Psalm sixty-six, eighteen, 18 from the New Living Translation. I like the way it, it couches it. It says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The, the, the word sin interferes with your prayer life. A sinful lifestyle short circuits the power of God in your life. You know, you can't be cussing and you can't be acting a fool and you, and you can't be a person of bad character and reputation and then expect God to, to give you a powerful uh, prayer life. Your life has to be aligned with the Word of God. Your life has to be holy before God. Your life has to be purged by the blood of Jesus Christ Confessing your sins is so critical if you want power in your prayer life. Uh, D, a lack of faith keeps believers from having a powerful prayer life. A lack of faith keeps believers from having a powerful prayer life. James chapter 1 verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith. Ask in faith with no doubting. You know, you, you actually defeat your praying before God if you're doubting what you pray with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. My friend, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's amazing. We exercise faith uh, more in this world system than we do in the God of our salvation and the God who created us and saved us and made us. And some of you exercise your faith on your brakes. You just drive and then you uh, you right on the bumper because you just believe you can just stop in the nick of time. Faith in the brakes, you know. Then you, there's a bridge. It's curving. It's going all the way up, and all you don't even think about. Well, what will that, be, will that bridge kind of crumble when I get to the very top? You just go on, and you still listening to your music and stuff. You You don't even think about it. You get on that plane, and they, you don't even know the pilot's name. Don't know their name, don't, don't know the instruments. You, you, you didn't act, How many of you ever asked a pilot for his certification papers? You just get on, You just get on there, do what they tell you to do. It's amazing how you can get on that elevator and you punch the 55th floor, and you go up there, and uh, it's a nice ride, and you come back down. Don't even think about it until it just bumps or make a little jack. Then all of a sudden you jump. Uh, I I wonder if we had that much faith in God, how much stronger would the church be? Oh, what, what could we do if we had that kind of faith to the glory of God? We can move mountains. That's right, that's right. We, 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 we can do mighty things in this nation. Christians would rise up. As a matter of fact, America would take note that we, would, we, we have been with Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Christians would turn this nation upside down to the glory of God. They wouldn't know what to do with us if we exercised that kind of faith. Oh, a lack of faith keep believers from having a powerful prayer life, my friend. Listen, E, bitterness diminishes the power of prayer in a believer's life. Bitterness diminishes the power of prayer in a believer's life. Hebrews twelve fifteen b says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Bitterness is poisonous. It will poison your, your life. It will defile your life. Look, and it says corrupted many. When you all messed up because of bitterness, you know what you do? You mess up everybody around you up. Mess up your children because you're a bitter mother. Bitter mother. Bitter father. You're, 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 you're bitter sister. Mess up your family because you're a bitter sibling over something that happened back in childhood. Some people holding stuff back from 1980 and you still, you act like it happened just yesterday. You can't laugh. You can't enjoy life. When people laugh, you look at them saying, what's so funny? Or, they not, People shouldn't be joining you in your bitterness. If you're going to be miserable, I'm going to let you be miserable by yourself. Life is too short for me to, to, to be miserable with you. I'm not going to be your misery company. What not y'all say amen?
0: <laughs> As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.